0: Welcome to Right Now Workshop Podcast, where you can write a book and change the world. I'm your host, Kitty Buchholz, and this is Episode 77, Digging Deep to Find a Great Story, an interview with Susan May Warren, coming to you on Thursday, June 14, 2018. This is such a fun interview. Just editing it, I was just giggling and laughing about how much fun we were having talking about writing. So if you're a writer, of course, you're going to love this interview because it's writers talking about writing, and we were having a good time. Now, I wanted to let you know that during the interview, I said that I hadn't yet finished the book Stormfront, which is book five of Susan May's uh, Montana Rescue series, and book six which I believe will be the final book, will come out next year, I think. So she did say that it is one of the books that can be read as a standalone, that you won't have to worry about not understanding what's going on. Um as opposed to some series where if you start anywhere other than book one you might be confused so I just wanted to tell you as a reader I did find that to be true Stormfront was easy to uh, like jump in on page one and I knew what was going on or I knew enough about what was going on even when people were talking about things that were happening and had happened in the past I still wasn't confused about what was going on and I thoroughly enjoyed this book. It was so fun, lots of action, lots of everything. It was wonderful. I really loved it. So in case you were wondering as a reader, mm, do I really want to jump into uh, you know, book five of a five of a six book series? I will say, however, that because I liked it so much, now I'm like, uh, I think I might have to read books one through four before I read book six, because it was really good. And I liked it a lot. And I was like, yeah, this is a series that I would read. So just putting it out there in case you're thinking, oh, this sounds fun. I might want to try it. You definitely should try it. And if you think you might like it, you might want to start at book one. Uh, But it was super fun. And I was really excited to be reading it. So so now I have read it. And I can give you my, my big thumbs up. It was Really great book. I hope that you really enjoy this episode with Susie May. She is totally fun. Um, she does have kind of a, a blue looking, uh, glowing writing studio there. So uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you know, it's just one of those things. Uh, sometimes light does funny things in different spaces, and in her space, she's got a beautiful, tranquil blue glow. <laughs> But it is totally fun to interview. I hope that you enjoy it. Uh, let me know what you think. Tell Susie May what you think. And remember at the end I'll, I'll be telling you about that we will be bringing her back to talk more about specific how to write stuff uh, somewhere around the end of July, beginning of August. So enjoy the show and we'll talk to you more later. Today's guest is Susan May Warren. Multi-award-winning author Susan May Warren has charmed readers with her action-packed Montana Rescue series. With the newest installment, Stormfront, she executes the perfect blend of romance, adventure, and danger. Susan has written contemporary and historical romances, romantic suspense, thrillers, romantic comedy, and novellas, and makes her home in Minnesota. Welcome, Susie May.
1: Hi, thanks for having me, Katie. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Oh, me too. Especially because as the two of us were kind of emailing back and forth a little bit to get ready, I was like, "Oh
1: my gosh, she sounds just like me!" <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. Yes, can, no, it's too bad you live so far away. You need to come closer to to us, or maybe I need to go there. That's it. Yeah.
0: Oh, you know what? I'm sure that we need a writing retreat in Sweden. Probably
1: we do. We need a writing retreat in Sweden for sure. Okay, we're there. Set a book. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's a like beautiful it. place. <laughs> I, I've
1: heard that. I've heard that. So, yes. Okay. Well, well, we'll we'll put it on the books.
0: All right. I like it. <laughs> now, um, the reason why we're talking today is because you have a new release, Stormfront, which, if I remember right, is book five in this series. Is that right? Yes.
1: yes. It's, very, awesome. it's very fun. I, it's a six-book series. I can't believe that we're already at number five. It's been going really fast. We've been putting the books out really fast about every five months just because readers wow. really like to, you know keep going with those stories and they're, they're very closely connected I'm a very strong series writer I, I write stories that are very you know they they have subplots that go over to the next book, and so, you know, readers are waiting for things to happen, and I plot it that way, but it's, it's hard to wait, so I talked to my publisher into putting it out quickly, we have all worked very, very hard in order to do that, I mean, I don't think that they've ever had an author that's like, okay, here it is, okay, now next week we're gonna start the new one, and they're like, what, you know, and (laughs) they have been so fantastic, I love working with Ravel, and uh, they've been, so anyway, yes, book five is out, and we're very excited, and book six comes out in November, I think, so wow, yeah, very funny oh, that
0: is exciting, especially for traditional publishing. that's mm-hmm. quite a fast
1: it is they've they've really they've really bent over backwards to kind of give me what I wanted, which was a fast series and 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 I think it's been very successful, so it's been really fun to to write and fun to be a part of
0: nice, nice yeah i'm um part way into stormfront I, I'm definitely at the part where at night I'm like. Okay, I need to finish this because I'm going to interview her, but I want to finish it because it's just really interesting.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you. It is a fun story. It's a little bit different than some of my other stories. You know, every story in the series has a different purpose in terms of hooking a reader. So this one was almost for readers who maybe didn't haven't picked up a Susan May Warren series yet. It was it was standalone enough that people could be like, okay, who are these characters and whatever. So I, I tried to make it um so like the book that came out before this, the fourth book was a reader favorite book. It was two characters that had ignited, you know, way back in the first book and readers were really waiting for these two people to get together and so, you know, it was very much sort of the the accumulation of their waiting and, you know, just sort of they were, it was like I said, it was a reader favorite. They really wanted that to happen. So that's great, but you can't always have reader favorites like that. You need to start out, you know, again with something new. So, so this book, Stormfront, has a character that people haven't really seen much before. He's it's, it's kind of a brand new character. Um, he's not brand new to the team, but he hasn't been on the page as much. He did have a subplot in, I think it was book, two or three book 3 he had a subplot so we're kind of picking up the subplot but people have won't have missed you know they, they 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 won't have felt like they missed out i don't think if they haven't read it so it's it's okay so anyway fun book i i really proud of this book because i really feel like it's got a strong message um the, the situation is a little bit different with the characters a uh, very unique heroine um, and he, my hero is sort of a beta hero that turns out to be this amazing guy who I really was falling in love with. end. I thought he might be my favorite <laughs> of all the peak team members. Um, it's just wow. the way he behaves. And, uh, he has a scene at the end that just, oh, it just grips my heart. So anyway, very oh. fun, very fun. So oh, yeah, wow. fun to write. And it's about well. a tornado in Minnesota. It's like, Hey, we get those. So it was, it was kind of, again, a fun element to write about. Oh my goodness! In terms of like not fun that there's a tornado, but rather (laughs) different than than normal. So it was kind of a it was a very had a lot of elements that I could incorporate. Let me put it that way.
0: Oh, nice. Now the um, I'm just trying to remember based on the 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 um, series title is Montana Rescue, but this one's
1: set in Minnesota. Right. So you know when you're writing a big series, if you set it always in the same location it can get kind of hmm, humdrum you know yeah. i mean you can only have so many people fall off cliffs fall into whitewater rivers you know yeah. getting the skiing accidents i mean i mean what really at some point we gotta be like okay we gotta expand our reach here so took, <laughs> yeah book four actually took them to the caribbean for part of the series part of the story which oh. was really fun i uh did i had to do research you know to to Get down there, so that was really fun. I took a. We actually went on a cruise, so that. We oh, could, that sounds you know, really hard. It huh? was tough. T- <laughs> you know what you do for your craft, right? And That's right. So, so we. So I kind of use those experiences, but then. I thought, okay, we'll bring them back to Montana. We knew we were coming back for the finale. So where else could we go? And Minnesota, of course, is my backyard. So, and I've written a lot of books in Minnesota and I thought, oh, this would be a great, a great uh, idea. So, so yes, we did set it in Minnesota. And for people that read Susan Muglin books, it would be a really familiar place for them because they'd be like, oh sure, we've been to Minnesota before. And so anyway, so that was, that was fun. Um, but yeah, the last book goes back to Montana. So it is the team is set in Montana. So, but the yeah. team it still is montana so yeah yeah montana with them <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me i can't remember the name
0: of the series but it reminds me of a suzanne brockman series that i read with a bunch oh, yeah. of security people yeah, yeah um people. so she has
1: one called uh trouble me trouble Shooters, i think that it's one series yeah i really like those two they kind of go all over so yeah. yeah yeah
0: well so i guess you just have to decide where you want to go on vacation and then have a reason why your
1: team needs to go there right <laughs> that's right that's right we went we just went to italy for two weeks and and you may see italy in an upcoming book so you just never know (laughs) nice oh how exciting yeah
0: i i said something to my editor about i you know what i actually didn't say anything about writing specifically we were talking about um what i needed to do while i was in the process of moving if i was going to try to work and blah, blah, blah. Um, Anyway, and she kind of interrupted me and said, and by the way, do not come up with a new book idea set in Sweden. You haven't finished the book idea you had in New Zealand or the one in Australia.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah. I know. I know. That's hard. <laughs> I, I hear you. You get, you get kind of backlogged. You're like, I can only write so fast. and I have so yeah. many ideas. And yeah, I, I hear that. Believe me. I that's know, right. That's my too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know what? There's probably a lot of listeners who feel that way. So can you talk a little bit about how you try to organize yourself or schedule yourself? Since you're traditionally published, you know, there is um, somebody actually is giving you a contract and said, this is what we want to do. But until you got to that point, or maybe while you're in the middle of it
1: still, uh, how do you make these choices? Well, for one, right now, I'm actually both, I'm a hybrid. So I'm traditionally published and indie published. And so I am very much kind of juggling the schedule that I have. My traditional publishers are my priority. No matter what happens, I'm like, okay, I got to make sure I finish That And I give the right attention to that book my indie books are sort of like on the side moonlighting You know, and I'm able to kind of take some ideas and do different things with them that I wouldn't do in my trad books Right, Um, but even when before I got published I was very um, Organized about my my time. So I I use what is called a, a time template so in the course of my week I have writing blocks And in my writing blocks, I have like little mini goals. Like in this writing block, I'm going to write one scene. And usually my scenes are around 1,800 words, something like that. And I know it's going to take me about two to three hours to write that, you know, with the research and everything. So so I say, okay, I need a three-hour writing block. And if I have like four of those in a week, I know I can complete four scenes or, you know, whatever. So for me, it's about how many writing sessions or writing blocks do I need to finish this book? right so if i if i have a you know 20 i usually write 20 chapter books there's usually 2 to 3 scenes per book so, you know, that's about sixty scenes. And so I need about sixty writing sessions to get that done. And so when I look at my calendar, I'm like, okay, where am I going to put my writing sessions so that I can make that happen? And sometimes I have two writing sessions in a day, sometimes I have one, sometimes I have three, depending on, you know, how much time I have. So but that's kind of how I organize my time. And then I set up little deadlines for myself. Okay, I'm gonna have the rough draft by this time, the edits by this time, finished process by this time, even when before I was published and Especially now as an indie um, author, I have to make sure I do my trad deadlines, but then I've got like this chunk of space. Well, all right, if I, I need to finish what I'm working on before I have to start working on my next trad dip. So I'm really like, you know, gun to the head, sort of like get <laughs> yes. down, sit down, button share, get your work done, you know? And so, but that's yeah. how I organize my time is to things writing blocks. house.
0: Okay. And then uh, I am taking a, a guess here that you at some point had to train yourself to be able to go back and do edits on the prior book while you're working on the first draft of the current book.
1: Right. So, so what I usually do is, again, it's a writing block time. So I will, so what I will often do is say, okay, I know I'm getting my edits for my tried book back this week, or, you know, I kind of get an idea. And so I usually will block out those two weeks and say, okay, now my head is going to be back in the game, you know, for this book. So that means I want to get to, say, the end of Act One. But in this book, prior to going here, or maybe I'm going to get to the middle before I go here. And so I kind of try to find logical stopping places so that I can arrange my brain to say, okay, I know that you know I'm at the end of Act One. We're going to start the noble quest. Okay, done. Work on something else. Come back. Now I know where I'm you know, kind of going. So I kind of work that way so I can, if I have to take a break, so... And yeah, that kind of helps me a lot. So yeah. Otherwise that- I can't stop like mid scene. I would be lost. I have to stop like mid act or something like that. It's good
0: to, to talk to lots of different people. Cause I, I try to make sure that um, listeners are hearing from me. Like these are some ways that you can do something, but there is no one way that works for everybody. And I have read several, like at least three um, how to writing books where that particular person as a fiction writer is like, I stop in the middle of a sentence and I'm like, I tried it two or three times and I was so angry because I knew I had this great thought. I would never forget it. And then it was gone.
1: (laughs) No, I, I, I can't do that. I, I have to, I can't even stop. Like it, like, If I was going to take a two-week break, I couldn't stop in the middle of a chapter. I would need to be done with the chapter, right? And yeah, I, I yeah, I couldn't. I do think it's important to go over your working. So I like always add in time to rewrite. You know, so I have written. Sentences where I'm like, you know, I'll put an asterisk there, and that basically means this sentence sucks. You need to go back and fix it, you know, (laughs) or you didn't say what you wanted to say. So I kind of like make little notations like that, or I'll even be like, you know, insert emotion here, you know, sort of thing. Where it's like, I know I haven't gotten the right emotion, so I, you know, I make little notes. But in my rough draft, I just fly through the story. I don't go back and edit it until it's all done, and then I go back and do my rewrites, and then I edit it. So you know everybody's different like you said but that's just how my brain works i have to kind of complete something before i can go and do something else
0: yeah um on the other hand you don't do it the um i think it's uh susan elizabeth phillips and um Jane and Krenz always have that uh the two of them talking during uh, rwa every year they always have this great session yeah i love and, their session yeah and no matter how many times you hear it even though in a way they're saying the same thing every year they're just so entertaining that it feels feels more and it's fun um but i'm pretty sure of the duo susan's the one who keeps working on a chapter until she's really done with it and then by the time she gets to the end of the book she's kind of done with the end of the book right yeah you're you're rushed through the first draft come back
1: yeah, I, I, because my story will change. Um, I'm, a, I'm a plotster. So I, I use a system called the story equation where I start with my story idea, my story seed, and then I go to my characters and I drill down into who they are and what they want and why. And it's something called the dark moment story that is kind of the foundational core of each of my characters. And then I pull out the plot based on that story and what they want and need and how they need to change and grow. Then I will take my story seed and I'll kind of put it in there and I'll bloom the plot together. Once that's done, I do this thing called I tell myself the story where I kind of sit down and I like, write out or I speak out the whole story to myself so I can hear it and once yeah. I hear it I'm like oh yeah I like it or I need to fix that or go deeper or I answer ask myself questions where okay why does he do that okay fix that then once I do that I take it and I put I cut it I and, you know I transcribe it into a document where I can cut it up and put it in my Scrivener in scenes but then right. once I've got that done, now I've kind of got my recipe for each scene. So when I'm ready to write, I open up that little recipe card and go, oh, this is what needs to happen here. Okay, now I can start my scene. And then once, you know, I kind of have the, the substance and the directions, but then I just let the scene go. And That's where I'm like super organic. I'm like, let's, you know, I'm step into it in my character's skin, feel their emotions, what they want, why, all that kind of stuff, what's at stake, and then write the scene so so anyway all that to say is that when I get finished with that I just keep moving because now if I start to polish it's almost like I'm using a different part of my brain right and I can't you know it's like and and I'm getting analytical and I'm getting you know and so that's that's it I have to it's almost like my first draft has to be messy and or emotional and you know (laughs) sort of like and I put in anything I want I mean I'm i I don't censor myself. So there may be scenes that you're like, Oh, that wouldn't work for the market that you're in, you know, and yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I'll make it all later, you know, or whatever, <laughs> or maybe say they do something or say something or whatever, but I, I really keep it uncensored. And then, then when I go back to polish it, that's when I, or edit it or rewrite it, then I'll, fix that and then i'll polish it and make it make it fit uh the, the story and the characters better and all that kind of stuff my audience stuff. so nice. anyway yeah i couldn't polish as i go because i would change too many things and then i'd have to go back and I'd spend all that time on the work that really <laughs> keeps, keeps right going. right but everybody's different i i think that you know susan elizabeth phillips who's a fantastic writer i love 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 her stuff i mean that's just how she does it and and yeah. Bravo to her, you know, that she it that
0: way. Great. Yeah. I have to say that um, I've been enjoying uh, interviewing so many people just because, A, it's fun. I mean, writers love to talk about writing. <laughs> right, right. But um, there's so many people talking about, you know, my, my favorite method or my favorite book or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, for business purposes, I'm just going to have to take the time that I – hadn't been giving myself before when I was like, Oh, I really want to read this book, but I don't have time. So, you know, I've been reading, um, Lisa Crohn's, um, uh, wired for story, which mm-hmm. is all the neuroscience of it, which is really totally adore. Sure. Yeah. 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 Really and then good. Last week, uh, Patricia Bradley was talking about, um, using James Scott Bell's superstructure and writing design posts. That's her method. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, the two weeks ago, three weeks ago, um, Chris Fox was on talking about his new book, Plot Gardening, and how he looks at it as this other different kind of organic semi plotting, semi pantsing process. And mm-hmm. I love it because there's all these different ways that it just depends on how your
1: brain works. Right. And you just got to pull things. Like I've used a lot of Jim, Jim, Jim Scott Bell's stuff, I've used a lot of. Um, Jeff Gerkey's stuff. I use a lot of um, uh, Donald Moss's stuff. Um, yeah. James Fry, um, How to Write a Damn Good Novel, is really good. I loved yeah. his stuff. Save the Cat, Blake Snyder, I love his stuff. So, I and Wired for Stories got great um, brain chemistry stuff. Jeff Gerkey has also a brain chemistry book out, which is really, yeah. really intriguing. So, I mean, all that stuff is you just got to put it in your toolbox and go, hmm, what works for me, you know, and kind of pull out those, those elements. So, and then I created my own system that worked for me and it's worked for other people too but again it's you know you just have to grab pieces from it and and put it into your arsenal so yeah I I think that's part of the magic of a writer is we all have our own little way of getting the story on the page that's right that's right and then
0: we end up with all these really interesting different stories Mm -hmm. you know even if we're essentially writing what could be looked at you know this plot is more or less the same as this plot and yet
1: it's totally different you know right Absolutely, because you bring your own voice to the story, right? So even if I'm writing Goldilocks and the Three Bears, I'm going to write it differently than you are, because I'm going to write it from, you know, Goldilocks, the tortured girl who never gets what she wants, and you're going <laughs> to write it from this little bear who takes advantage of it all. I mean, people, people take advantage of them all the time, but whatever, right? Right, so right. You're, you're going to bring your own voice, your own experiences, your own events to the story and then of course you're going to tell it in a different way my voice is different than yours and so you know and then of course everybody engages with the story differently so they might love my story not like yours or they might love your story and be like yes eh, this is not so good you know depending on even though it's the same story just depending yeah. on how we've told it and so yeah. that's and that's great that's why I'm so thankful when people pick up my books I'm like oh great out of all the billions of books out there and all the readers that we have out there somebody liked my book yes you know I just yeah. think that that is a real gift
0: yeah, because I think it's important for us to remember as writers that when, when we're the reader, and sometimes it's just hard to remember to put yourself back in the shoes that you started in originally, yes. Yes. <laughs> but when we're the reader, sometimes um, a book is just uh, the storyline isn't going to appeal or the level of detail. Like, I love the Tom Clancy movies, Hunt for Red October and Onward. Um, and so I picked up Hunt for Red October out of the library once, and I don't think I made it through chapter one. I'm like, too much military technology detail. I don't care. I
1: just so the
0: story part. Yeah. You know, but somebody else is writing, um, oh, I just had another example in my head. But everybody brings, and depending on where you personally are and not only your whole life experience, but for lack of a better word, this one's kind of negative, but the baggage that you have in this moment, like, um, my friend Janice Cantori was like, you've got to read this book by, um, not Thomas Locke, Davis Bunn, his, his real name. Um, and I, cannot remember the name of it, but um, I started it, and I was like, Ugh, spies, of course Janice wants me to read a spy book, this is just so boring, but she was like, no, Kitty, just, just keep going, and I had gotten it from the library, so I had it for three weeks, and I was in the library parking lot to return it, and just tell Janice, I did try, and I'm like, well, you've got to at least read the entire first chapter, or else you're sort of lying to your friend, and by the time I got done
1: with the first chapter, I went in and rechecked it out, I'm like, okay, apparently I was just <laughs> in the wrong mindset. Set three weeks ago. <laughs> right. And that is that is often the case, right? It's like I uh, like I f- tried for years to get into the Outlander series, could not get past the three first three chapters. I was like, What in the world? And then I had a good friend say to me, skip those three chapters and started chapter three. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> or four. And I did, and I was like, Oh yeah, no, I like it. And so then I devoured all of the books and then got <laughs> So so it's like, it was funny to me how, you know, I just didn't gra- grab me like everybody else did. But then, you know, I, well, and yeah, that's my advice. Skip the first three chapters. You can always go back to them, but you want to <laughs> read it when she goes, you know, back in time. So anyway, right. and it's obviously... Diana Gabaldon is a master. She's such an amazing writer, you know, um, but she was still getting her legs in the series in those first three chapters. And so, you know, you she was introducing Claire and, you know, and, and all those kind of elements and they, it's great writing. It's fantastic. writing. It just didn't quite grab me like, like it could. And I have since gone back and read it. So all my, all I'm saying is that yes, give a book a chance you didn't love it go back to it see maybe there's you know maybe something was holding you back maybe you know give the first chapter another read I think it's an author puts a lot of work into a book and there's and it's probably worth taking the time to really look and go hey is this going to be a good story
0: yeah yeah Which is a great segue into something that I wanted to bring up. I loved, um, there are some um, questions and answers kind of thing in the end of your press release for the new book. And um, I I wanted to talk more about one of the answers that you gave to one of the questions. So the question is, what do you hope readers gain from reading Stormfront? And you said hope in the sense that when life feels like it's taking you out, left you devastated, there's a way to get back up. I would love for you to expand a little bit more on your why for writing.
1: Yeah, so this story in particular was close to my heart. So the story in itself, and you find out qu- very quickly in the first chapter, that the heroine is a um, recovering, uh, she's a breast cancer survivor. Kind of right out of her, um, she's kind of right at the end of her first year being cancer free right so she's really struggling with what does her life look like plus she's had a double mastectomy and so she really feels like her life is like you know she's a young woman and she feels disfigured and not beautiful and she had this man in her life very short term and um she kind of ran away from him he was wealthy and he was super awesome but he was a little bit too, took care of her a little bit too much. And she was like, you know, I really want to, I really feel like I can't carry that baggage in. Plus sometimes it's hard to have other people in your misery with you. So, so she walked away from him and she, she walks back into his life in this book. And it's about this idea that how do we get back up after we've been devastated? Um, and so the, the metaphor of the tornadoes was a very it was very metaphorical in her own personal journey of she felt like she'd been wiped out and how does she put her life back together again and I had also gone through a, a, a time so when I was writing this book my mom had recently passed away from cancer oh. and so for me it was a very uh, close theme to my heart because I myself was like how do I get back up from this? You know, how do I move on? And even, you know, and, and so I was kind of writing from the point of view of someone who had taken care of someone who had cancer and then lost, lost them. And, um, but, but was close enough to her that she, I understood a lot of the things that Mahiro and Brett was going through in terms of feeling like, you know, you're you are sort of decimated in your life. Right. So, so all of those things conspired to put me on a journey of where is hope in all of this? And I started to see small things like the fact that people who love you don't, they, they keep, coming back they stay in the fight with you even if they can do nothing but sit by your bedside and hold your hand they stay there right they 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 celebrate small things with you you're not destitute and alone and 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 i think that what happens is we we assume that no one wants to go on the journey with us we assume it's going to be too hard that they don't want to share in our misery but the truth is is that love does want to go on the journey with us and we lose out on the joy of having someone with us but also as a caregiver if my mother had said no no i got this i don't need you i would have missed out on the treasure of taking care of her and being in her life in those pivotal moments it ministered to me to be able to take care of her and and what happens is people feel so helpless when someone they love is going through a, a difficult time that allowing them to come alongside and help actually helps them deal with their own sense of grief and helplessness and all those things. And so the book was really about that marriage of let me help you, you know, let me, let me help you to help me basically. And yeah. let me, and, and let me receive that as a gift to you, you know? And so it was kind of this, so we talked a lot, I talk a lot about hope that, it's around us if we're willing to open ourselves up to it there's you know and even in those devastating moments when my mom did pass away she passed away knowing I mean everybody's going to pass away at some point in their lives so let's pass away with good relationships and with people that we love around us and allowing people who love us to partner and to to minister to us and so that we can minister to them back. And so, yeah. you know, and so, and of course being a Christian and a person of faith, I also kind of add a little bit of that faith element in there that there is eternity, you know, and stuff, but, but I really kind of focus on what is that relationship between the caregiver and the care receiver and, and in the, in the intimate, you know, in terms of the cancer and the personal thing, but also obviously in the tornado elements, you know, you've got this tornado that's taken out the town and, you know, what are the re- I, I was really blessed by a lot of the, I read numerous books on tornadoes, and I watched, you know, numerous videos, and it, so much of it was, there were people, so when the tornado took out, uh, there was a town in Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, I think it was, it was outside, of Oklahoma, when the tornado, I can't think of the name right now, but I will, um, when it took out that town, there were other people who, in Moore, I think it was Moore, Oklahoma, who had been devastated, they came to help these people. And it was like, they knew what these people were going through. And so they came to minister to them. And I I was really blessed by that, because I thought, that's, that's what we need to do. We need to step into each other's lives and say, I want to help you, because it will help me, but it will also help you. Let me help you you know, yeah. and it's yeah. that, you know, we live in a world where it's like, we're Americans. Oh, we're so, you know, we're proud. We don't want it. We don't need help. And I, yeah. I feel like that we, we, we steal the blessing from each other when we say, I don't want your help. Yeah. yeah. Or, um, I
0: mean, yeah. yeah. And, and there's so many times too. And, um, and you're right. Cause I'm thinking, oh, I should explore this. Cause I've, I've experienced this in my life where the person that's um, you're wanting to love and support and help in some way. It's like, no, I don't want you to remember me in this kind of pain. Like, stay away. Let me die by myself so that you remember me happy. And they don't realize what they're stealing from you while they're trying to protect you. So that would be, I'm like, Oh, that's something I should explore with some character somewhere.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of what I got to explore with Brett is that she also, of course, obviously there's the physical thing where she starts to get in this relationship with Ty and, she's like yeah and i'm missing some parts here you know and he's like this is not who you are this is your physical body but this is not who you are you know and she had to kind of you know women we you know we hold on to some of those elements and it's kind of who we are and and it shouldn't be we're more than that and so we kind of we explore that a little bit so it's just it's a multi-layered book i'm really proud of it in terms of just going to those hard places i really there was one of my favorite scenes in the book was really really true for me there was a scene where she was talking about you know uh her pain and and he said something about you know god cares and she's like listen i know god cares i'm all on board i just want to be mad okay so i just just let me be mad (laughs) you know and 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 you know i i can do be mad without having a crisis of faith here and i really think that that's true you know it's like sometimes we just need to just be mad you yeah. know and so they did this thing that kind of helps relieve some of the anger. But I remember after my mom died, you know, I was like, I'm not going through a crisis of faith. I still think God is good. I trust that he's got a plan. You know, I trust that he's going to comfort me. I just want to be mad. All right. So just out, throw things, you know, and just talk about the injustice of it all. And, you know, just let me, and my husband's like, yeah, let's be mad. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and again, that's part of the journey. It's like, he's, he's entering into my my suffering and bonding with me in it. And he's helping me through it. So you know whatever. yeah but it was a great scene I loved it I cried
0: oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I love I it's so weird only writers can say this so everybody who's listening if you're not a writer you have to pause this for a minute don't listen I kind of love typing a scene that is moving me so much that I'm like I need more Kleenex he's like
1: I can't see my typewriter <laughs> I know right I love it my, I'll come down for dinner and the kids are like mom what's wrong with you this they don't yeah. they used to be like I. Oh someone I cared about just passed away or I just went over a cliff in a car and I'm scared you know whatever and they're like there are things wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> I always say if I haven't cried at the end of the book the book hasn't made an impact on me so I'm always like that's my trigger point if I've cried I'm like yes and I cried a couple times during this book I really I cried at the end especially when something happens so you'll influence see. Uh, so anyway more excited. <laughs> so anyway but yeah i think that we're as authors we're the first ones to experience the emotion of the story so if we're not crying then we're not doing so right you know? <laughs> yeah yeah
0: you know which leads into another thing that um i was just so excited when we were emailing a little bit with each other um preparing for the interview and and you were talking about that um that you love to teach people to write great stories, but you also think that stories can nudge the world. And I love the way that you said nudge. I was like, oh, that's really interesting. I like that. And then I told you that the tagline for my show and classes is write a book, change the world. Because I'm absolutely, first of all, all experience points to it being true. I mean, who does not have a friend who's got this story about, you know, I read this book and then this big change happened in my life the thing that I always remember, because to me, it seemed so weird at the time, because I hadn't yet read the um, Tolkien whole series of Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Rings and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I hadn't read the whole thing, I, I was always kind of like, just cocking my head, like, that is so weird. I don't understand. But one of my friends said that he came to know Jesus and gave his life to Jesus after reading the Lord of the Rings. And I was like,
1: that is so weird. I don't I don't know where the connection is there, but yay. <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. That's very cool. Yeah, I think stories are so powerful. Um if true stories, fictional stories, whatever, they're all testimonies of a journey that a character has gone on. And if a story is well told, we will relate to the character, we will learn the lessons that they're learning, we will triumph with them at the end, and hopefully all of those. Th- things will conspire to give us some truth and some hope and something in us that will click that makes us go, you know what, instead of doing this, I'm going to try to do this because even though that character is fictional, they did it and it worked and I'm going to try it myself, you know? Yes. And so this is why we have memoirs. This is why we have fiction. This is why people can stand up and tell their stories is because they're trying to share the, the, the victories challenges victories growth that they've had so that it will help other people so so and and maybe you know Obviously, we don't read books necessarily. Oh, yes. I need to be helped. I'm gonna read a book right? (laughs) But but it gets inside of us and we go hmm. This was an interesting topic I think I'm gonna think about this a little bit more, you know So if writers can rightly handle the themes maybe not answer all the questions, but but maybe throw out questions, maybe throw out some what ifs, you know, maybe have some, some resolutions. I think it gives readers tools to interact with their own issues in their lives to say, maybe we could do something different. And in that way, the different thing that they do as a result of reading that book is the small nudges that we make in the world towards different, uh, you know, hopefully better situations. So, right. of my
0: thinking so that's why i try
1: to write very honest characters i don't write characters that are fluffy my characters are gritty. they're honest they say what they think they go through they have they do bad things they go through bad things (laughs) (laughs) but that's that's life that's what people do so yeah yeah you were saying that
0: you'd like to make sure that it's the real truth you know Mm -hmm. that however they really are now I would guess then that what you are doing as a writer in the um, Christian fiction space for your traditional books is that you're finding ways to say what you're trying to say without maybe it's not necessarily in the dialogue. Like maybe you know what's probably happening, but it's just not written down. Is that kind of where you're going with?
1: Yeah. You know, here's the thing. It's I, I believe that, that inspirational fiction just adds in that spiritual element. A great story. And, and I think everybody has a spiritual part of themselves. And, and they couch it in emotions or character journey or whatever and, or theme, you know. And, I mean, I, I, I just feel like we need to address the full person. And the full person includes a spiritual element to it, right? So when I'm interacting in a story, what I try to do is put in truth. So there'll be like droplets of truth that my, I call them truthlets and truth speakers, which if you look at the Christopher Vogler hero's journey, there are truth tellers in that journey. It's very similar to the, yeah. And so I just take, you know, I take instead of universal truth, I kind of take God's truth and I'll sprinkle that through there. Um, And then my character will interact with that truth in some way. They'll either reject it or they'll, they'll embrace it and it'll change them. And then they get it tested or they have that truth that comes to them at the end and then they use that truth and it changes them and then they can do something at the end that they couldn't do at the beginning so that's so i am very careful not to preach i'm like you know what i i again i'm trying to interact with truth but i'm not trying to like tell readers this is what you need to think i yeah. want them to walk away and go huh that's interesting maybe i'll consider that or i'll do some more inner you know more uh, research on that or whatever but I want them to walk away with kind of that truth that's nudging them a little bit for them to go okay how do I deal with this so it's again so my character may say God loves you and my other character might turn around and say I don't care don't, <laughs> yeah. don't tell me God loves me and and because that's a real reaction when you are in pain but then later later on maybe my character might say okay well he said God loves me and then he did these things to show it maybe Maybe he does love me, you know, and then maybe that's all we do with it. And yeah. then, you know, and so now my reader walks away with going, what does that look like for God to love me? You know, if I was really to think about it, is there places in my life where God has shown up to love me? Hmm, maybe there is. Right. So, so that's kind of how I work with that. I'm not really a big, I don't preach sort of thing. I'm more like, what if, Yeah. Throw that truth in, Let's see what happens.
0: I love it. When I was reading um, Kristen Billerbeck's uh, The Theory of Happily Ever After before my interview with her a couple of weeks ago, uh, I was telling her, and then I just decided, you know what? I've made it a point to try to be as transparent as possible as a human being, as a podcaster, as a writer, as a writing teacher. And so, you know, at the risk of having people go, this show is stupid, I'm just never going to listen again, I was telling people that I'm reading this book And like every few chapters, I'm just stopped and bawling because Mm -hmm. even though I'm not a scientist, I'm not a researcher, I don't have a New York Times bestselling nonfiction book about something and all these other things. I'm nothing like her, but I was exactly like her where I was, I've just been really struggling in this place of, I don't know who I am anymore or what I'm Mm -hmm. supposed to do with my life or whether or not, like maybe this is a crossroads that's a T, you can't go forward anymore or Or I just can't see where there could possibly be a road forward. Or, you know, there's all these things that are in your head. And then you're reading this character. And it just seemed, it was so interesting. So it's a 350 ish, I don't know, page, it's a regular full length novel. Mm-hmm. I read that whole novel in like two days. I could not get myself to read the entire article on burnout once I realized that was probably what I was experiencing. The article on burnout was probably two pages, but the 350 pages about somebody else and how they work themselves through it, I was like, okay, I just have to stop and totally cry because this is totally how I feel. And then I need to find out what she does next. Yeah. Yeah. And after reading it's awesome. that book... i i I recorded another i have an encouraging words episode every sunday and i recorded another episode immediately and just said listen I've been thinking about not writing, but now I'm seeing how this book has affected me so much. What if she hadn't written it? What if I hadn't read it? And I'd still be laying on the couch watching Netflix and, you know, waiting for when is it my turn to go to heaven and die? Because that's what I just have <laughs>
1: like. right. Well, I'm <laughs> glad she wrote that book then.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not like, like you said, um, to, to be really angry at God doesn't mean you're having a crisis of faith. To just feel like, I don't know what to do with my life. I just want to go to heaven does not mean you're suicidal. It just means you've, you've lost track. Yeah. Yeah. And so to, to, to be able to give readers, you know, whatever it is that you're giving them, I, I, there's just, I'm, I'm very, very passionate about this subject. And it's just funny because now I'm, um, you know, hearing my own words or taking my own medicine or whatever. Good. And it, it seemed like something that, that, um,
1: you know, was part of, what you're
0: thinking when you're writing stories? Yeah.
1: yeah, absolutely. I'm always thinking, you know, what does my character need to hear? What is this true journey that she's on? You know, and I just I I always feel like if I'm on that journey, if my characters on that journey, maybe other people are too. You yeah. know. So I my next book I'm working on right now is about a man who's white, whose his girlfriend is a victim of emotional abuse by her mom, yeah. and it's I think that there's more of that than we realize out there. And so it's what happens when you watch someone you love being victimized and you can't do anything about it that's and I think there's a lot of people out there that have loved ones whether it's a mom watching her daughter in a bad marriage or you know someone else watching a, a, a sibling in a bad marriage or you know whatever it is it's like how do you deal with the frustration of wanting justice and wanting you know someone to stand up for themselves and they don't and you can't so so that's you know it's a very small it's not like it's Ah, uh, political. There's no bombs. There's no, you know, nothing big. But I think it's again, it's a relatable issue. What do we do with that sort of thing, you know? And yeah. so I, I like to take situations like that and say, okay, how do how can other people relate to that? Yeah. So.
0: This is so crazy, but I'm looking at the time, going, darn it, we have to stop talking.
1: <laughs> oh well, that's right. Oh. We'll just have to get together again. That's all yeah. there is to it.
0: definitely okay so if you if you had a a last thought for for writers um you know i don't know where people are who are listening right now but
1: right um i think that as a writer you have to be willing to go to the dark places and be really honest don't write a story with an agenda like okay i'm going to tell people this Write the story by saying, okay, I'm going to go deep, and I'm going to explore and ask questions and see what happens on the page. And it's okay if you don't come out with answers. Um, come out with a journey that your characters on. Um, I think that it's the best books are where we are authentic with our pain, our fears, our grief, our joy, um, and these sorts of things. And I think that helps people connect. And then go ahead and say, well, where is the truth? What is the truth and what can I, what can I do with that? how am I going to put that in? So again, it's you as the author seeking that and and asking the questions and being willing to put that in the story. So don't preach, don't write by an agenda, write by, you know, dig into your characters, find out who they are, pull from yourself, and then just let the story happen on the page. And I think you'll be blessed by it and and others and readers will.
0: I love it. That's awesome. Well, listen, um, you are also a writing teacher, and there are so many things I want to talk to you about that, that you and I have decided that I will interview you again in a few weeks. And we'll just let people know real quick right now that um, somewhere around the end of July, beginning of August, you're going to open up. Why don't we talk just briefly? We'll tell people what we're going to talk about in a couple of months. Yep. Uh, Yeah. So,
1: yeah, we're going to be talking about, so I run a class, or I run a school called Malabot Academy. So we we'll talk about that, but we talk, we're, we have a couple of retreats every year. So we're going to be talking about that. We're we'll going to be talking about something called the story equation, which is sort of my method of getting story on the page. And so call it some things that maybe people will be able to help people will be able to use to help them on their stories. And so we'll just talk about all sorts of writing related fun stuff. And so how do you, how do you build a career? How do you, how do you do this writing thing and make it successful? So yeah, that's what we're going to talk about.
0: Excellent. Very good. And for everybody who was listening last week, Patricia Bradley was talking about how she went to one of Susan uh, Susan May Warren's camps and yep. loved it so much. So um, one of the camps is going to be uh, opening up registration about the time that we will yep. air the episode. So everybody just think to yourself, you know, maybe there's this camp that you want to go to in October, or there's a different one in February. It sounds very fun. I'm actually... Yep. Thinking
1: to myself, hmm, how can I get there from Sweden? <laughs> yeah, I think that would be easy. You get on an airplane. You go to New York City. Get on another airplane. Go to Atlanta. Get on another airplane. Go to Destin. <laughs> That's how you that do it. Sound, that does sound that easy. Mad. You can read a book on the way. It'd be fun. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, uh, until, until then, Susie May, where can people find you and your books? Yeah, so you can go to SusanMayWarren.com and all the books are there with excerpts and things like that. If you're interested in writing and you're just getting started, go to 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 learnhowtowriteanovel.com. There's tons of resources free on that site. Just go to the library and there's just a couple thousand articles on writing and different things like that so those are the two places where I hang out and of course my Facebook page and and uh, Twitter and Instagram and all those kind of things so anyway that's but that's where and if you want to you can also I think I'm offering a free book right now on my website so uh, you can sign up and get a free download of a book and um, kind of launch the launch the, 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 the prequel that launches the Montana Rescue Series and so you can kind of get started for free in the series see if you like it and then eventually get to Stormfront tie and that story and uh, hopefully people will like it.
0: I love it. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. This has been a great time for me. I'm sure other
1: people are also thinking she sounds totally cool and fun. I got to oh, check it out. <laughs> absolutely. Come and let's hang out. It'd be awesome. So no, but thanks so much for having me. It's really fun to chat with you. You're awesome. And this has been a great show. So thanks so much.